Welcome back to Awakening Reformation, where Reformation awakens now. My name is Grant, and joined with me is my beautiful wife, Erica, the weaker vessel. Hello, everyone. If you want to get to know more about us, you can check out Reformed Rebel Network on social media, on YouTube. We also have a Patreon account if you want to financially support us and help us keep doing what we're doing, which is patreon.com slash reformedrebel. We also have a ton of resources on our website, which is the old URL, rebelalliancemedia.com. Mm-hmm. So you can go there to check out articles and a bunch of other resources. There's also Eschatology 101 and 201. Mm-hmm. That's on our YouTube channel. And that's I've noticed several people looking for eschatology resources lately. So um, whether you want to learn more about eschatology or want something to share with your friends... Go to our YouTube channel and find those playlists with those um, series on there, and they can be super helpful. Also, for all of you quarantined families out there, you can find Systematics for Saplings, which would be a great resource for you and your family, perhaps, during this time of much togetherness. That's right. And that was a 12-week Systematic Theology series we did, basically helping families parents uh, discipling their kids through all sorts of topics of theology so exactly and there was a daily devotional with that right um yeah (laughs) and and listen y'all we have done a lot of projects in this last year it's hard to keep them straight in my brain this is true this is true um, but the other thing is there are some um, fun worksheets that go along with Systematics for Saplings that yeah. are free if you become a patron. Which you could do for like $2. $2 a month. You could go there and it unlocks all kinds of free PDFs. Of Videos act- of yep. behind, the st- like behind the scenes type content of us recording. With exactly. Hoots recently. That's right. All kinds of goodies if you become a patron. So some that are linked to the Systematics for Saplings study and just some other good stuff. So anyway, that's how you can get to know more about the network and more about us. How are you doing, babe? How's how's quarantine going? I mean, not much has changed for our life during quarantine (laughs) besides church. Yeah, it's true. And just governmental restrictions, but. Agreed, agreed. Places to shop are just not open. They're limited. Quite limited. Increasingly so as the days go on. We noticed recently that now the the occupancy within a store is greatly limited. And so there are great long lines outside of stores around us. Because, you know, when you shop in store with people, you are around germs. So in order to prevent being exposed to germs in the stores... You just make people be exposed to the same germs outside the stores. (laughs) Makes total sense. Yeah, exactly. These are very scientific individuals we have making decisions for us. Apparently it makes all the difference when it really makes none the difference. (laughs) No difference. (laughs) So tons of people standing in line still walking past each other. And a lot of people still standing in line Well, now a trip, like, like now going to Target, which could take you like 30 minutes. Right. Is not going to take you like three hours. Yeah. 
you're going to be exposed to all the same germs, but mm-hmm. now you're just waiting in line to be exposed to the same germs. Because if any of those people standing in line have these said germs, go inside. They're going to be there inside. Lo, the germs right? are still there. Right. Like, whatever they touch, whatever they breathe upon. These are the scientists making decisions for our country. We just need to trust them. <laughs> There are wise leaders. The CDC says it's safer. That's right. We'll comply. Wear a mask. It takes away all threats. Anyway. So we are going to talk again, kind of, uh, about something that will relate to our current crisis. Once again, we are recording not in our closet because it's still broken. Yep. Still in shambles. Because our maintenance is not coming to do any kind of fixes unless it's like your life at danger. So um that's why we sound different. That's my point. Like if we sound more echoey yeah. or something, it's because we're just sitting on our bed. Yeah, last week I I noticed there is a slight echo that's usually not there. Sorry guys. And the audiovisual, you know, slight audiovisual background I have that does that does bother me a, a little bit. I well, hear the echo and These are weird times. That's right. Nothing anyway, is normal. Yes. Getting back on topic. So I just said nothing is normal. So what we're going to talk about is getting back to normal. Is that what we want to do? Is that what we should want to do? Well, I keep seeing that everywhere I go. Like, you know, if you stay quarantined, we'll get back to normal quicker. Um, Like, don't worry. Things will be back to normal soon. I mean, a lot of people are just talking about getting back to normal. Even people saying, like, our economy needs to bounce back Mm -hmm. or talking about economic fallout and things like that. There's a difference between our lifestyles going back to normal and our economy going back to normal. Can we like make that distinction? Because we're going to get into going back to normal, quote unquote, pretty quick here. As we go forward, we're talking about lifestyles going back to normal, right? Right. Like surely everyone should want our economy to bounce back because that would be a good thing for everyone. If they could get back to work, their family doesn't suffer, they can provide for their families, Clearly, we want the economy to come back and stronger even, like we would want more prosperity in mm-hmm. America and other countries. Right. That would be a great thing. Yeah. I and think if you're a Christian, you should want that. Yeah. And something that feels different about this than other economic downfalls is that this one has basically been forced upon us. Right. By our mayors and governors and the president. Right. They've forced us to... Close. Yeah, I mean, it's different. It's different than like after a tornado or a hurricane or something Mm -hmm. where like businesses are actually literally destroyed. Mm -hmm. And so you can't just go back to work. Or shady bankers doing things that. Selling things that don't exist. Yeah, that lead to like the crash in 2008 or whatever. You know what I mean? Right, yeah, yeah. This is different. Right. And surely there will be people who are affected by it because they can't afford to just jumpstart their business again. They had yeah, already put everything exactly. into their small business and now they can't afford to re- like reboot it. So we do, as Christians, hope and pray that this type of normalcy, this economic normalcy, will um, go back to normal, will be flourishing again, mm-hmm. right? We're not talking about that. We would never wish uh, financial ill yeah, and even even on that front, as a Christian, because we do believe that Jesus is Lord over every area of life, including economics, including the markets and business and education and everything else, that even those entities would not 
go just back to normal, but that in some way this has caused them to grow and become better and to become more creative and to become more glorious, whether they know they're doing it or not. We understand that the effects of common grace in the gospel are a lot of times unbeknownst to the world at large, right? right? And so as a Christian, we look at it and go, man, God, I really hope that like this is one of those times where it seems like just a terrible thing and we want it to just go back to normal. Mm -hmm. But what we should really be thinking is let's get things back to functioning (laughs) and this time at a higher capacity or at a higher level of creativity, a higher level of flourishing, like you said, or a higher level of of glory. I really and I think we should think and that, that may include certain businesses not reopening. Can yeah. we all agree on that? Like certain businesses are businesses that should never be running in an operation ever. So things like strip joints, right? Like I mm-hmm. I hope that they are in such a state that they can never reopen. That'd be yeah, great. That would be fantastic. And um, we can see this actually all throughout Paul's letters where he would share the gospel in certain cities and because people would turn away from their false gods, entire economic systems would be ruined. Right. And so if that's the case, if it means crushing false idols, then we hope that those types of economies remain dead. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, the average normal, like, small business owner, gas station, which are probably doing, I mean, I guess, better than, like, some businesses. Mm-hmm. Like, I could see a gas station... um staying open and keeping afloat though probably still suffering because people aren't traveling as much right um but i could see them even being open but like a a certain storefront like if you own like a travel agency or if you Mm -hmm. own certain things like that perhaps you have like a, a photography business or something like those are going to be hard to reopen because you don't even have the financial means to do that in many yeah. cases it'll be like starting again right so, which is always the most difficult time in any small business is the first year or two years or something because but you're for our listeners who are whatever. in those positions. Like, I I want to like be very um, compassionate towards them and say we're not talking about you. We would never wish ill will towards the person who is just struggling to feed their family and worried about how to open their business back up. Right. So no, never. Yeah, we just want to set that groundwork right away because well, we're gonna we're gonna yeah. say some things that perhaps some people would disagree with. Maybe, and that's why I said too though that this this crisis now is is almost been forced upon us. It's not even like I don't know. We're gonna call out people like, well, you should have been, and now you're in this spot or something. It's like honestly, yeah, just these to be honest, terrible policies that have come out that have crushed the livelihoods mm-hmm. of millions of people. And quite possibly for much longer than just the shutdown. Right. It might it may have crushed their livelihoods for years to come. Right. Well, you know, and everything that goes along with your livelihood, even if you are working, I know like tons of 401ks have, you yeah, know, true. basically been depleted. I right. mean, it, all over the map, everyone's suffering in some way. But we were going to talk about whether or not society should just go back to normal. And you were you were using the term um, behavior. Yes. So like lifestyles. Yeah. Lifestyle. Should our lifestyles and our behaviors go back to normal? Because I think there's a distinction we need to make as Christians in particular when we say going back to normal. We don't necessarily mean our lifestyles go back to normal, right? right? Yeah. And because 
a very biblical, thoughtful Christian should see that what's going on, not just in the United States or in New York City where we're at, but all over the world, is a calamity sent from God. Mm -hmm. It just is because we know that God is sovereign and in control of the weather. He's in control of humans. Mm -hmm. He's in control of the markets and governments. The heart of the king is in his hand. And um, the result of the roll of the die is determined by God. Like we understand that God is in control of every detail that happens. Mm -hmm. So, yes, this is a crisis and it is a calamity. And it is led to the ruining of livelihoods of people. And there's been many deaths and all, all these sorts of devastating effects. But we have to look at it and go, okay, this is God disciplining us and he wants us to learn something. Mm -hmm. And so if our state of affairs before this came was such that God needed to discipline us, then wanting to go back to normal is the last thing we should well, it's wicked. Want, yeah, because right. that means we want to go back to the state that he decided needed to be disciplined. Right. And we've seen a ton of Christians speaking like this. And we just wanted to take this opportunity to say, like, time out here. We need to stop and let, let's have a huddle. Yeah. If our behavior caused discipline, then repentance is needed. And repentance means turning away from a particular behavior and not acting in that behavior again. Right. Turning away from sin and turning towards righteousness. Yeah. That's what needs to happen. So we shouldn't go back to normal. We shouldn't go back to where we were three months ago. That was a bad place. God God said by his judgment upon us, that was not a good place for us to be. So every Christian should not be seeking to go back to normal. Rather, we should be repenting of our particular sin. And we should be looking where can sanctification happen? Where does repentance need to happen? Yeah. And so there may be some spots in your life where you realize you were sinning in or you, you knew in your heart of hearts. And I know there are, there are spots there for me that you could have been doing more or mm -hmm. serving the kingdom more. And it can be something as simple as your prayer life. It could be something as, and I say as simple as, even though that's like one of our greatest weapons in, in this spiritual battle that we're in. Right. I think there are very obvious sins. Like there mm -hmm. are people who are not at all upset about not being able to go to church right now. Right. Well, they probably weren't very consistent churchgoers to begin with. Right. That's why it's not really affecting them so much. Well, that's mm -hmm. something to repent of. Like you are not keeping the Lord's day as a holy day unto the Lord. That needs to be repented of. If your livelihood has been jeopardized, and I'm not saying this all across the board, but I'm saying in particular instances, perhaps you have placed your business above obedience to the Lord, or perhaps you are building your kingdom as opposed to building God's kingdom. Maybe that's something that needs to be repented of. For all of us even stay-at-home homeschool moms who it's really easy for us to be like, well, I'm a homeschool mom. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I am doing God's work. Maybe our attitudes are really crappy half the time mm -hmm. and we're really grumpy moms and we're really ungrateful. And God's like, okay, well, I'm going to I'm gonna force you into this situation even more so and I'm going to cut off more of your play dates and your resources, your you know gatherings with other families, and I'm going to show you how you can find joy in obedience. Like, there are tons and tons and tons of ways that this can play out in individual lives. And I think we need to stop and say, 
where was the unfaithfulness that I need to repent of Mm -hmm. and be specific and honest and ask God, like, show me where that was in me because I don't want to go back to normal. Yeah. And so your your thought process right now should be okay when this um when this is over obviously already right now like erica said be thinking about um where it is that you can repent Mm -hmm. and and turn to the lord in and what sin it is that you can crucify right now at the very least you have a control issue (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) um but then think about okay when this all opens back up when churches, you know, are no longer uh, prohibited from meeting mm-hmm. and the businesses open back up, in what ways will I be serving the Lord, glorifying him and everything I say and do that I wasn't before? Yeah. How is our life going to change after this? And if you're saying it won't change, it's going to go back to pretty much normal, then you need to repent. Then you wasted you wasted your quarantine. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Honestly, is that Pooty said uh, we were talking to yeah. him? Don't waste your quarantine. Yeah, and so yeah, I, and, and we were just talking about during this downtime, do things like you know read books and um, redeem the time. But if you come out of it, like Erica said, thinking okay, it'll just go back to normal and it just goes right back to status quo before all this happened, then you wasted your quarantine. Well, and we were likening this to disciplining children. And this is yeah. half of the reason why we have not jumped on the Zoom church or the like live stream church. And I know this is going to get us a ton of hate because there are a ton of people who do it. And that's fine. This is mine and Grant's conviction. So not judging anybody. Take it for what it's worth. We're literally sitting in our quarantined bedroom. It means like we have no authority over you. You do what you need to do what you think God is telling you to do. Just our thoughts. But for us in our particular family, we have not sought out to do a live stream church of any sort because we feel as though it'd be disobedient for our family. And part of our our thought there too was that if the church is being disciplined also by not being allowed to meet right now. Which is planned by a sovereign God. Then we shouldn't assuage that discipline by substituting it if god is spanking us then we need to feel the weight of that spanking and not pretend as though it, it's not hurting us right we we should feel the sting and not be trying to you know put a, a pillow in our pants so <laughs> everyone did that growing up everyone like layered on a few uh, extra pairs it, of undies you knew it was coming so you're like oh i gotta prepare for this exactly gotta do something No, but like, that's what we're saying. We're saying um, for our family in particular, like we want our children to realize like this is God's discipline and this hurts and it's for our good. So because we know and we believe it's for our good, we are going to feel the full weight of this and we want our children to feel the full weight. We don't want to pretend as though everything is fine. Right. Everything is normal or as normal as it can be under the situation. We want to to experience the weight of God's discipline because we know it is good for us. And so that's why for our family, we've just chosen not to jump on that. But I had a point. What was my point? I don't know, but that's... We're talking about (laughs) um, going back to normal and how for a lot of people, I think it really, it wasn't any different jumping between the Zoom church and going to church on Sunday right? Like for a lot of people, it was kind of like, well, it's, I mean, it's different because we're not like meeting in a building and stuff, but you know, 
I still get to hear music. I still get to mm-hmm. sing songs to Jesus. My soul is still being fed. I mean, I'm sure you've heard all kinds of yep of things like that. Well, we've heard a lot of ridiculous things about it. Right. It's just the same. God doesn't God isn't confined to a building. Right. No, you're right. He's not. But it's also not about you and God. I feel like we've belabored that point in the last two episodes though. Yeah, a lot of a lot of us has. But um anyway, the the normalcy thing going back mm-hmm. to normal, even when we are going back to church, whenever that is, we need to as as congregants and then as um, elders in the church, there are different levels of responsibility here, surely. But we need to think like, how does our church service need to change too, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe there was something you were doing as a church, um, as a church body, even outside of the worship service, but just as a church body that was sinful, that in this time right now, God's trying to wake you up to. Mm-hmm. And so fix that, repent of that, turn from it, right? Sanctification, growth. This is this is what we talk about all the time. Well, and this this is going to take a level of humility because all of us have to think there is something that needs to change. Right. None of us should be able to move past this and say, I don't need to change. I didn't have anything. I'm there's, good. there's nothing that needs to change here. Whether my it's fault. in our home, whether it is in our own hearts in the church, in our society, like probably in every single one of those spheres, there needs to be mm-hmm. some type of change. Right. And we need to feel the full spanking of that. Like this is God waking us up. This is yeah. God's firm hand of discipline. And it is still a very merciful discipline because it could be a thousand times worse than this yet. Right? right? Exactly. This is like a preliminary like spanking. This is like, you know, when you're a baby and you're tap on the hands when they go towards the outlet like this is not even god's full wrath being poured out at all right yeah that's that's a good that's a good point babe this is nothing honestly and so like let's take caution cautionary steps now and the the hope in all of it too is that we know that jesus has promised that his kingdom will grow and that includes the people in it and it as a whole we know that the kingdom is going to grow and grow and grow over the whole earth and will eventually cover the entire earth. Mm-hmm. And and so in this, we, we see the calamity, but we also have, have hope knowing that God is working this calamity for his glorious purposes of growth. Mm-hmm. And so we're not encouraging some kind of just like, well, don't come back to, you know, being... Uh, you know, humdrum about it or whatever, come back and be happy. Well, we're we're basing our encouragement right now mm-hmm. off of gospel resurrection promises. Right. Right? That the tomb is empty, Jesus has risen, he's king, he's conquered Satan's sin and death, and he has like set loose his church to plunder all that Satan took from uh, Adam and Eve, right? Yeah, well, and we were doing a pretty inadequate job at doing the plundering. Can we just be honest here? Right. This is kind of our point here. Like, if God has given us a task to go do the plundering and we are doing a poor job of it, then maybe when his firm hand of discipline comes down, instead of pretending like the SWAT didn't hurt, mm-hmm. that's just going to invoke more discipline from God. Like, I don't know if anyone out there has ever disciplined their child and they just looked at you and been like, that didn't hurt. And you're just like, oh, yeah? 
Okay, mm-hmm. well, then maybe we need to go a little bit more intense with this next time. The next discipline is going to be harder. It's going to be more right. intense because your hard heart is keeping you from accepting this discipline. Right. And that is the problem. So if we're doing a bad job at plundering, let's take the discipline, let's acknowledge it, let's not sweep it under the rug mm-hmm. and pretend like everything is peachy keen, like let's acknowledge it, repent, and then go forward doing a better job. Let's not go back to the poor plundering we were doing. Let's do a good job. And this is where we're going to get that whole like federal vision accusation coming up against us. But we're just like, obedience brings joy. Yeah. And disobedience brings pain. And right now we are in the middle of the pain that comes from disobedience. So I'm glad you brought up federal vision. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Um, because um, what I was going to say is that what we need what we need to do is we need to remember the waters of baptism. Yeah. And I'm not talking about even um, your own personal baptism, although it is, but all the way back to Noah. And I was just thinking about this today because I heard someone say that it, and Noah and the flood, what happened was that sin got so bad that God had to start over. And I was like, what? Can we just name names right now? Yeah, that was Kevin DeYoung. Yeah, it's really. I was so disappointed, and it was—it's a video that he did based on his book for like kids, like big truths for little kids, or I don't know. It's a kids' book about theology, I guess. And they made a video of it, and that was something he said, and it—it's really terrible biblical theology. Um, come on, Kevin DeYoung, you're Dutch, man. We got to get on that. But what happened in the flood was that God was, um. It was a gospel picture that through judgment, God saves. Mm -hmm. And it was also a picture that the sin that happened in the garden, which was a temple, right? Where God's presence dwelt Mm -hmm. um, in the temple, the Garden of Eden, that sin ends up affecting the whole world, right? And so right now we would say judgment begins in the house of the Lord. The sins of the church are affecting the whole world right now. Right. Right. But it's, but we need to look to the, the waters of baptism, which point to the gospel picture of salvation coming through judgment. And that is exactly what the cross was. The cross is a salvation. So you have to have judgment. a Presbyterian view of baptism. And right. And so the waters of baptism are both. They are the promise of salvation, which is your sanctification and cleansing of sin, but also of judgment if you scorn the love of God and turn from his love and his forgiveness. Right. And if you reject the covenant. And that water then becomes a symbol of the lake of fire, yeah. which is a judgment to come. But this is exactly, it's all a picture of how God can be just and the justifier, right? right. That's what we need to think about. Right. That and, you know, federal vision people <laughs> get get serious about the, the effects um, and and seriousness of our baptisms. Right. And so look back at that and realize you've been baptized. You've been marked by um, God's name and have been called to to live a And this is what we do with life. our children, once again, all the time. I know we keep bringing up kids, but we are the children of God. So in a very uh, realistic way, it's easy to look at parenting and our relationships with our own children or nieces or nephews or whoever, and see this type of relationship that we have between God and the church, um, I think it's really helpful 
when you bring up our relationships with our children, because we can easily understand the discipline of the Lord in that context. Mm -hmm. We can easily understand um, things like uh, baptism in that context. We're constantly reminding our children of their baptism. We are constantly saying, like, you are you a are covenant kid. You need to act yeah. like, remember your baptism. Right. Are you acting as though you are one who has been baptized? Are you acting like you belong to God's family right mm-hmm. now? And I, like you said, I feel like in a very real way, this is God saying that to his church. Remember your baptism. Rem- right. Who do you belong to? Yeah. And Whose kingdom are you building? Right. And that's what God did throughout the Old Testament with the nation of Israel constantly. You're my people. Yeah. You're called by my name. You know, I have, I brought you out of Egypt. I brought you through the desert. I did this. I did this. I did this. Turn now. Turn. And, and that was kind of his uh, rebuke often mm-hmm. in, in the prophets was retelling them his great salvific works and then, and then calling them to repent. Repent of their whoredom. That's right. <laughs> repent of your whoredom. And he gets graphic, right? You want to read Ezekiel 23. God. I mean, we had a fun conversation with our kids this morning in our Bible reading. (laughs) Right. We were in Ezekiel 34. No, Exodus. uh, Exodus, sorry. And and just, you know, talking about how idolatry is whoring after. Yeah, and our kids asked what whoring was. That was a fun conversation. Yep. Things get real in the VB house, guys. I mean, it's in the Bible. You've got to talk about it. Yep. But that's what we've been doing in America is we have been acting the whore. Exactly. And the church has been acting the whore. And this is part of me um, kind of borderline calling out all these online churches right now. Like, you are acting the whore. You are acting as though there's nothing different between our God and the God of, you know, everyone else. Right. Like, everyone's doing cosmic kids yoga right now. And like in in so many ways, I feel like doing church online is akin to doing cosmic kids yoga. Right. Like you can just download it and it's fine. Like this will this is a great substitute. Yep. It's not a substitute. Like you, there is no cheap substitute for what God has ordained in His Word. Yeah. You can't cheapen it. Right. And we need to stop pretending like we can. Stop playing the horse. Stop acting as though we can forsake the discipline of our father mm-hmm. stop it stop being stiff-necked and once again we're reading through exodus over and over and over again moses and god called the israelites stiff-necked people we are a stubborn stiff-necked people we do not like repentance we do not like discipline yeah and then when discipline comes rather than just stopping accepting the discipline repenting from our sin we try and dress it up. We try and justify it. Mm-hmm. We do that whole Adam and Eve thing where it's like, but that woman you gave me or the snake, he he told me this. And like we're always yep. trying to shift the blame or soften the blow rather than just saying, you know what? You're right. You're right, God. And then just laying it all out. We don't like doing that. Right. Let the discipline sink in, sink deep and cause you to cause you to grow. That's honestly what we're. Um, really trying to encourage and we're prompted like erica said by seeing so many people just longing for it to go back to before but no there's tons of sin that you know we know is in everyone's life uh, we don't know the sin in your life but, right but everyone if you can't admit that then you have deeper problems but and i don't even know why you're listening to us <laughs> right but but we can sit here and, and start calling off all the 
sins that we know that the well that you know, we struggle with or like what? Yeah. are just around us that like mm-hmm. we have just seen in our friends or whatever things discussions we've well, had yeah and like, in the church at large yeah and in um in in the whole world too not just in America that God would rightly discipline us for mm-hmm. you know and so it's like no we don't want to go back to normal we want to go back to a a time when you know revoice is not is unheard of is unthinkable and just the thought of that would bring a shudder you know amongst the church right. like oh my gosh no and women women pastors would women. be women i love how grant says women unthinkable grant says women like lemon i don't know why that's such a <laughs> why <laughs> let me say my words women women and i think a huge thing is the cowardice right so we've talked a little bit about two kingdom theology and even the effects of dispensational theology on the church shying away causing them to shy away from the public square and that's led to terrible theology when it comes to justice and so many of our own kids are in public education Mm -hmm. and all of these different realms that god has even told us that we are supposed to own Mm -hmm. that we as families are supposed to own and are not and are not where we're giving those things up because we have let these terrible teachings permeate and rot the church from the inside well and i even think like the thing that probably bums me out the most and i know we touched on it last week is this communion thing like a lot of churches mm-hmm. don't care that they're missing it and we've already talked about that but then these churches who think that they can do communion at home and i just think oh my gosh is there anything more stiff-necked than a person's who thinks I don't need the elder to administer the Lord's Supper. I can do it myself. I I can't think of anything. To me, that is akin to the priest's sons partaking in uh, elements of the sacrifices that weren't meant for them. Pretty much. Like that's that's what I like. Feel like this is this is this is not your table to be the administrator of. Why are you doing this? This is not your sphere. This is the same. I, I digress because it all get all worked up about it. But it is, it's a complete breakdown of the whole purpose and function. But that's another thing that needs to be like specifically repented of, right? Mm-hmm. This is another way that we soften the blow. When God cuts us off from his table, we shouldn't manufacture our own little tables. Well, and really, a lot of these issues um, that we're talking about stem back to individualism. Yeah. Where the body is not thought of. Because as long as I can hear a sermon, then I went to church. Right. No, you didn't. And as long as I can get some wine and bread and the guy on the screen tells me some stuff or whatever, then I had communion. No, you didn't. No. It's a meal that you're supposed to have with the body. And there's like 20 other different elements. We are uniting as a body to our head. But all of those issues stem back to individualism. And again, we... I mean, what's that saying about... The, the dog returning to his vomit. No, because that. that's where my mind's going. <laughs> no, the something about roads being paved with intentions. Oh yeah, the I don't know, but I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, you know, if you're listening, you know that one. But what I'm saying is like, okay, they may have great intentions. A lot of these pastors may have really good intentions that they want their people to be spiritually fed and to still spiritually grow. True. But 
Don't... The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Oh, wow. Yeah. So there you go. That's what popped into my head. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Right. So, okay. Some of these pastors and leaders and all these people maybe have good intentions, but they're making people think... Twice the sons of hell? That, yeah, that the substitute is, is okay and just as good. Well, what happens when we go meet again and they got content with the live stream mm-hmm. and and now you say, okay, now we're meeting again and now a lot more is required of them and they got used to in their pajamas being able to quote unquote worship because you told them it was worship. I know people are going to hate us for this episode. Like, I just know. It, we're rabbit trailing again. Babe. I just know like they're. This is going to be misunderstood because no matter how we break this down, they're not going to... So can I bring up... Can I bring something that that was cool when this all started, though? Yeah. Tom Askell, who's a pastor in, I think, Florida? Askell. Askell. I know. You just got to say it very carefully. True. (laughs) We got to meet. Anyway, their their church does live stream, but when this happened and they were forced to stop meeting, he actually stopped doing the live stream because he didn't want the regular attenders, the regular ones who do attend, because I think they probably have people who are shut-ins yeah, and stuff like that. And and, that's what the live stream is and for. And that's the thing. It's like we're not always against it because like, no. I have very elderly grandparents who literally can barely walk. And yeah. so it's like I'm not against them having church in their home. There is a special grace, and I get that. Right, because that's where, where the ideal isn't met. There's grace, right? Right. But that's not God's judgment upon my grandparents because they can't make it to church. It's right. just part of getting old. They're going to be 90 years old soon. Right. It's so, different when God is specifically placing a judgment on a people to keep that people from experiencing mm-hmm. the judgment of God. Yeah. So so trying to bring it back to not wanting things to go back to normal is that we just don't want to go back to that which got us into this mess. Right. So we want to encourage you that the hope is growth. The hope the hope of Easter, mm-hmm. right, is resurrection life. Right. If you have been baptized into Christ, Romans 6, that means you have been identified with him in his death, and that means your sin is dead. Leave it in the grave. It's done. And you have been raised with him also to walk in newness of life. Mm-hmm. That is our life, is to always be walking in... In newness. Like yeah. not going, not being the dog who returns to his vomit, but walking in newness. And that's what Christians um, should be thinking of. What newness do I need to walk in? What new, clean work does God have for me as we go forward? Yeah. And so what just popped in my head was Martin Luther's 95 Theses and his very first one. And this is just something that should always be in our mind for our entire life. And Martin Luther said, when our Lord and Master Jesus Christ said, repent, he willed the entire life of believers to be one of repentance. Mm -hmm. And so we constantly always should be praying like the psalmist prayed, Lord, search my heart, know me and show me any wicked way that's in me so that I may walk in your ways. Right. So that I may, you know, and he talks about getting a new heart and being cleaned and having a renewed spirit within him and stuff. And so that that should be our attitude consistently, constantly, and so right now and when we come out of this. Let's get practical then. Okay. What are some like very specific things, um, if we were sitting down with all of our friends listening to us, what are some specific things we would ask them to consider changing? Like I know 
speaking to ladies, what does your um, discipleship look like with your children? Like, are you more Mm -hmm. invested into doing devotional things with your kids? Has God been challenging patience in you? (laughs) Like, these are very specific things that I would just say, consider moving forward. What is your morning routine going to look like with your children going forward? Have you neglected to disciple your children? And perhaps during this whole quarantine thing, you've had to become more like rigid and scheduled. Or maybe you've done the opposite. Maybe you've lost all you know, routine and all schedule. And God's like saying, I'm, I'm ruining your schedule because I want you to make a new one. Yeah, right. Exactly. And I would say the same to men that are dads. Are, are you doing family worship, family devotionals? Yeah. Are you leading your kids in catechism or uh, through books that enrich and build up their faith? Are you doing that? Were you doing that before? How are you going to do it differently now? Are you going to do it more now? That would be the that'd be a great place to start. I think personally, I I would ask, what did your Bible reading look like beforehand? And what does it look like now? What does it look like now during quarantine? Are you wasting your quarantine? And then what are you going to do to ensure that it's better? Yeah. And that's just being a disciple. That's just being a normal run of the mill disciple of Jesus, right? Um. What about your kid's education? Like, were your kids just shoved off in a public school because you were pursuing your own kingdom building? Or because you had bought into the lie that you are unqualified or that it's not your job. Well, over the last month or so, it's been your job. Yeah. And I think your kids are probably pretty good. I would say better off for it. Exactly. Maybe now you're realizing that it might be a better thing that they're at home with you. Right. Maybe you've been really unfaithful in your church attendance because things... Oh, it's always there. Things pop up. You know, families have barbecues. There's birthday parties. There's soccer games. Baseball season's upon us. Like, maybe you've just been really spotty with your church attendance and God has removed that privilege from you because you've not been keeping um, the Lord's Day holy. And that's something that he wants to make you aware of. Yeah. Maybe it is... Uh, I know I tend to like always go towards women because I feel like I can relate obviously there better. But like, what has your mealtime routine looked like? Like, do you spend your day preparing a meal for your family? Do you think about preparing your table? A godly woman prepares her table. A godly woman builds her home. God's literally quarantined you to your home. Maybe you're realizing there are some things that need to change in your home. Very practical things. Maybe organizational things. Maybe uh, spiritual things. Maybe you've just you know, neglected to learn how to feed your family and then you were placed into quarantine and God's really convicted you that you need to learn how to cook for your family. I mean, there could be very practical things that you need to repent of and just grow in. Yeah. And I think for men, I think these pretty much go hand in hand. And I even like low key don't even like the term leadership all the time anymore because it it can almost be meaningless in, in a lot of contexts. Especially when you talk about servant leadership, it almost means nothing. But for men, I think men most of the time just lack courage Mm -hmm. and lack just being the one to initiate and being the one to set the example first. And so what are those cultural things that you know you should have been speaking up about um, or getting involved in speaking the lordship of Christ over and... That would needs you, to change, right? Would you say that far too many men are too busy building their own careers 
that they've not been speaking into those. They've not made it a priority to speak into those. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. And arenas. Like, like to the man who has spent the last, you know, 10 years of his life building his career and focused on his career and has never protested outside of a Planned Parenthood, is not serving in his church, has not grown spiritually, has not been wrestling through certain theological or doctrinal issues. But that man in particular needs to repent. Like there is no shortage of men in this world who have hobbies and love sharing that on social media. But there is always a shortage of men who will lead the fight against abortion or lead just lead the fight against the effeminacy of men in general and lead the lead the fight uh, against absentee fathers um who are not leading family devotions and not leading their kids to you know love the lord and stuff like there's just tons of that but you can go on facebook or instagram and find plenty of guys posting about their gun or whatever fill in the blank i feel like i see that all the time though is Probably because I'm in the military. And most or of my video friends. games or right, golf or anything else. Men will more often than not find plenty of time to invest more in their own kingdom and their career and build that up. or And make sacrifices for it, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. They'll sacrifice time, long hours, time away from the family. Well, and sometimes even sacrifice their their witness in that way. So they are portraying to to their bosses and to their employees at the work that this is more important than family and this does mm -hmm. hold a higher position than than my family does or than discipling my family and watering my wife with the word does right, right? and so that so then they get a terrible picture of what a christian man looks like because of you and unless you think we're just picking on men this happens in women's situations as well there are like i said plenty of us stay-at-home homeschooling moms who feel like we can stick a feather in our hat because we're doing all this right yet we are still completely thinking that this good work somehow makes us more righteous and that's simply not true either now we are acting in obedience but if the obedience is driven by pride rather than humility as unto the lord it needs to be repented of as well right yeah Exactly. And there are plenty of pastors. I mean, that's Pharisee, right? That's Pharisee. Right. And I guess yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, it's it's not one or the other. It's not like the man who does have a good career that God has just blessed is always in sin, right? Mm -hmm. It's not that the stay-at-home homeschool mom is, like, sinless because she's doing the right, right actions. That's certainly not what we're saying. We're mm -hmm. just saying everyone has a context in which repentance needs to be had and you need to be realistic enough about your situation and not be so prideful mm -hmm. that you don't see it so honestly we're just saying there's there are so many different things that we could zoom in on and focus on and realize we have areas to repent of and this is prime time to do it we can't go back to normal that that thing that you keep hearing about in the news going back to normal, it needs not happen. Don't go back to normal. Move on to growth. How exactly. kitschy was that? No, it's good. <laughs> and we kind of were all over the place on this one, but it's because we did want to hit all kinds yeah. of different pockets. You know, like we don't know what your specific situation is. Mm -hmm. um, so we just kind of tried to like do a broad stroke. Yeah, brush it Perhaps to like wrestle something up in you like... 
I ho- we hope it was helpful. Yeah, we hope that this was prodding yeah. in a good way, you know? Exactly. Encouraging because, again, I want to leave everybody with with the hope, though, right? Because we don't, we don't uh, live in the world as those without hope. Right. Right? We, we have hope. Easter's coming up, and though we are not going to be able to meet in a church like we should, the resurrection still happened, mm-hmm. and the realities of the gospel are still true coronavirus or not right and so growth is yours to submit to the lord and to walk in and obedience brings joy yeah like all of this none of this should be none of this repentance should be brought about by fear although the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom Mm -hmm. and a wise person would accept the disciplines of the lord and grow but it's because we know that when we obey god flourishing happens yeah like if we want to come go back to flourishing like Flourishing, like we were talking about in the beginning, flourishing businesses, flourishing families, flourishing churches. Um, I think we were joking ourselves before all this happened that we were actually in this state of flourishing. I don't think we were. I think we were pretending that we were flourishing. So like, yeah, maybe we did have money in the bank account more so than we do now. But if we obey God, and it's not even about money, it's just about blessing. Like we mm-hmm. will just walk in in blessing when we walk in obedience with God. Yep. Money or no money, right? Yeah. Health or no health. When we walk and we obey God, that's where true blessing and flourishing is. Yeah. And Doug Wilson said something really helpful on, I think it was when he was on CrossPolitik um, earlier this week or last week, whenever you're listening to this. But he said he'd rather be in a country that has repented and turned to God, even if the country ended up in an economic disaster. Downturn, yeah. A downturn, disaster. Everything is in a disaster. But we have turned to the Lord in repentance. Right. And I'm 100% in agreement with that. And and that's what Christians need to ask themselves. Would you agree with him? Right. Would you you choose to go back to normal, where we were like four weeks ago? Or would you choose to walk with the Lord in obedience and realize whatever that means for you is actually flourishing? Right. I think that's a good place to stop. Okay. I think that was really good, babe. So again, we hope this was edifying and encouraging, and we hope that you are not wasting your quarantine and that it is a time of growth, of spiritual growth and reflection. Take the discipline, y'all. Don't soften the blow. Take the full weight of God's discipline and use it to grow. Do not put a pillow in your pants. That's just a weird thing to say, but... (laughs) Um, Y'all know what I mean. All right. Um, Thanks for listening, guys. We always greatly appreciate it. And we pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened by the power of the Spirit. And until next time, get woke. Let's start with the microphone check. One, two, first. Water to the dry and weary soul of the true church. The kind of things that few search. They say that the truth hurts. Well, this pain is gained, so let's explain the new birth. First things first, can't neglect us at the start. I must preface my remarks with the deadness of the heart from original sin, the effects of the fall. The sin of our first parents brought death to us all. Since Adam was our federal head, what he did counted for us. In him were all rebels and dead. Yo, captured in the mind, disaster, sin and crimes in a dark state, Alaska in the winter time, sour in our frames, left to ourselves, we be devoured in the flames, cause we're powerless to change, if you feel that way, I pray that you respond happily, as you see what Jesus had to say in John chapter 4.